Hi, I'm Scotty. Some of my favorite memories from college involve Baylor football. Many of these memories are highlighted by the banter that came along with the territory. Yeah, it's the banter amongst friends that makes sports fun, and that's exactly what I want to bring to you. Welcome to the Please Bear With Me podcast. Hello, Baylor fans. Welcome into the second ever Please Bear With Me podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Scotty Swingler. I'm a proud Baylor alum and a Baylor football fanatic. If you missed my first episode, you should absolutely go back and listen to it. I introduced myself a little bit more. I explained the basic week-by-week format of the show. I did some predictions and player previews for the 2017 season. And best of all, episode one features an amazing 30-minute conversation with John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears. John was nothing short of spectacular. He made me laugh with some fun broadcasting stories, talked about his own expectations for the upcoming season, and really was quite candid and open with us about his journey and job as a broadcaster covering Baylor for over 30 years now. I got some really good feedback to the interview, and it was really great, so please make sure you go check it out in case you missed it. This podcast is all about sports banter, and in our context, we want to have engaging conversations that surround Baylor football. I'm doing this in three ways. First of all, I'm working really hard to bring on someone each week who knows Baylor football, who has strong opinions, and who you'll enjoy hearing from. Today's guest is Keon Myers, and most of you know him as Ya Boy Q. Q is the co-host of Unnecessary Roughness on ESPN Central Texas, as well as the co-host of the Black Hole Banter podcast, which covers the Oakland Raiders. I always love hearing from Q because he's, he's a passionate fan of the game, and he will always say what he thinks. He knows how to make conversations fun. And the other two things this podcast will do each week is provide opportunities for you to banter with me. Each week, I want to give you my take on Baylor football, and I want to have you respond. The best way to do this is via email. If you email Scott Swingler, that's S-C-O-T-T-S-W-I-N-G-L-E-R, all one word, at gmail.com with the subject PODCAST in all caps, I will absolutely include you and your opinion on the show, and I will probably engage your thoughts in some way, whether I agree or disagree with what you've said. And as for Please Bear With Me, I'm going to do my best to release the rest of this season's episodes on Mondays. There might be a couple of exceptions to that, depending on when we can get some interviews done, but that way I want you to have a quick gut reaction to the past weekend's games, as well as time to listen before the upcoming weekend's game. If you have thoughts about the game after the fact, email me so we can share your thoughts on the podcast. If you've listened to episode one or this episode and you want to disagree or argue with me about any of the points I've made about the Baylor Bears, email me. Let's banter. The more you are involved in this podcast, the more fun it'll be for you, the listeners, and for me as well. Thanks again so much for listening, and I just want to thank you in in advance for your feedback. (laughs) 
podcast I'm doing would be nothing without some help I'm getting from a few friends. I want to take a moment really quickly and thank two of those dudes for their help with getting this thing off the ground. First of all, that sweet logo that you see associated with the show was created by Sean Scoobel over at Scoobel Designs. Sean is an independent graphic design artist who lives in Rockdale, which is a little over an hour outside of Waco. If you or your small business need a high-quality logo or design for a shirt, a business card, or anything else, give Sean a holler. He would love to work with your ideas and bring them to life at a decent price. You can find him and his work on Instagram at Scoobal Designs. That's S-K-U-B-A-L Designs, all one word. Message him through that Instagram account to inquire about an order. And if you mention that you heard about Scoobal Designs on the Please Bear With Me podcast, he will give you a 10% discount on your first design. That's a great deal. Make sure to check out my friend Sean over at Scoobal Designs. I also want to give a special thanks to my cousin, Travis Thompson. Travis is a Houston musician. He's a Houston native, and he's created all of the music that you'll hear during the podcast. Now, Travis is a proud Aggie, so I'm particularly grateful that he was willing to craft a tune using a melody that you Baylor fans are all familiar with. Travis has produced a couple of great songs under the artist name TRVS, and he will soon be working in an EDM duo called The Iron Kids. You'll hear more of Travis's music as the show goes on, but you can also find his music on YouTube or SoundCloud. Search all caps T-R-V-S and be on a lookout for the Iron Kids in the future. So, in the last episode, I gave you my thoughts on the upcoming season. To give you a quick Spark Notes recap, Baylor will win seven games. You can count on that. And if we win whichever bowl game we get into, I really believe we'll finish 8-5. and five. Now, I told you that Anu Solomon would be the starting quarterback over Zach Smith. And as of just a few minutes before I'm recording this, that was just announced that Anu Solomon will indeed be the starting quarterback against Liberty for your Baylor Bears. And I think that's absolutely the correct decision given his experience and uh, the leadership potential that he has as someone who's been through some battles, who has played in big-time college football games, and who is a dual-threat quarterback, you know, um, which Zach Smith is not so much. Although, I think we all know Zach Smith is going to get to play, and I hope we get to see Zach Smith play. Now, I said Grayland Arnold will be an All-Big 12 corner. Unfortunately, he is now hurt. Hopefully, we'll be back five or six games into the season. He broke his arm at practice, and I am wishing Grayland the quickest recovery because I still believe he, he will be the best member of that secondary. Um, really just want to see him get healthy. Now, I mentioned also that Blake Lynch would be my... He, he, I listed him as my number two impact player on the season. And real quick, so the first banter I want to engage in in the history of the show, I have a friend named Michael Bartlemy. You might or might not hear from Michael at some point during this season on an episode. He was one of my college buddies that uh, I would banter with throughout college and since that kind of helped me, well, inspired me to do this podcast about banter and Baylor football. But anyway, Michael texted me this morning when the depth chart was released for the Liberty game and Blake Lynch was not listed on the two deep at receiver and he basically made fun of me for having him listed as an impact player. He he put impact pay, player in quotes. Ha ha ha, Blake Lynch, you know, can't even make the two deep. And not five minutes after he's texting me this, 
Coach Rule says in a press conference, the reason Blake Lynch isn't listening on the two deep is because they're going to play him all over the place. He has put in some time at defensive end, cornerback, linebacker, receiver, running back. He's returning kicks. He's going to see the field everywhere. Or he has the potential to. And so my response to Coach Rule's announcement is, this just confirms what I told you on the last episode. I think Blake Lynch is the most explosive athlete on the team. And what I said in the first episode was that I saw him being a Corey Coleman, Kendall Wright type playmaking receiver with that superior athleticism. Excuse me. But Coach Rule sees him all over the field. Heck, if you can have a guy playing cornerback and defensive end legitimately... That's crazy. Blake Lynch is quick enough and has good enough hands to be a skill player on offense or to play corner, and he's strong enough and physical enough to play a linebacker or a edge rush spot. That's incredible. Blake Lynch is a freak athlete, and um, just because he may not be your leading receiver this year doesn't mean that he is not going to be the number two impact player. That guy's going to be all over the place, and I am psyched to see what he does. I think he's incredible, and so... Um, you know, I, I hope he's out there at receiver, but if he's out there making interceptions, making tackles, whatever it takes to help the team, Blake Lynch is a freak. And Coach Rule's announcement today only confirms my statement that he will be um, a top five impact player on this year's team. Today, really quickly, I want to bring up something that I briefly mentioned in episode one, but want to dive into head first today. While Zach Smith and Anu Solomon are both good college quarterbacks, and Anu Solomon was rightfully declared the starter today, Charlie Brewer is going to be the best quarterback out of these three guys. You do know that, right? You do know he's going to have the best career for Baylor. Let me tell you why. Think about your life. Some of you have jobs that you got even though you weren't the most qualified candidate. Or in a counterexample, some of you were passed up for jobs when you were the best candidate. Sometimes the best person on your team at work isn't the most talented or the smartest or the most exceptionally educated. Sometimes he's the glue guy. Maybe he or she has worked for the company for 30 years, and so familiarity and experience make them valuable. Or sometimes you just meet a man or a woman who's just different. Maybe it's drive and hustle. Maybe it's charisma. Maybe it's knowing just what to say at the right time, but you don't know why. But some people just have a magnetic pull to them. Some people excel and succeed, even though they may seem average in every single way. Let's go to another sport really quickly. Let's talk about baseball. Two of my favorite Texas Rangers of all time are Rusty Greer and former Baylor Bear David Murphy. Let me give you some of their numbers. Greer hit 305 in his career, which is pretty darn good, but he only averaged 19 home runs and less than 100 RBIs per season during the steroid era. He only had five stolen bases per season. He never won a gold glove. But, I mean, he finished 22nd in MVP voting in 1997. Yet, Rusty was a fan favorite, and Rangers Nation was devastated when his career was cut short due to injury. Murph, who was an All-American at Baylor, hit... 274 in his major league career, along with an average of 15 home runs and 67 RBIs per season. He was a better base runner than Rusty Greer. He averaged a whopping 8 steals per season. He moved around in the outfield a lot and was a fairly average fielder, yet Murph was pivotal 
on the both of the Rangers teams that made the World Series in 2009 and 2011. Why do these guys stand out? Both have decent careers, and you and I would trade spots with them in a heartbeat, right? But neither were incredible baseball players. By all accounts, both of these guys were slightly above average players. But they are two of my all-time favorites, and I imagine that most Rangers fans feel similarly. Why are they so beloved? There's a lot that you could say about these guys, but it boils down to these non-statistical factors that don't show up on a stat sheet. These factors can't be quantified, but can be easily identified. Heart, hustle, toughness, determination, charisma, a team-first mentality. Again, all super important qualities that can't be quantified but are easy to identify. Rusty Greer and David Murphy are two of the Rangers' all-time greats because they would do whatever it takes to win baseball games. They give 100% effort 100% of the time. They were leaders on and off the field. They didn't get into trouble off the field. And they were glue guys who always came up big in clutch moments. I promise you there were some more, quote, talented players than David Murphy who never stuck around a major league team. But sometimes in life, it's about the intangibles. It's not about the tangibles or the measurements. It's about the, one, the things you can't measure. Sometimes 40 times bench press and statistics don't tell the whole story. I watched three Baylor quarterbacks during my time as a student. Robert Griffin, Nick Florence, and Bryce Petty. Each brought their own unique flair to their position, and each was successful. Obviously, we know that Griff won the school's first, and to this point, only Heisman Trophy, and Petty was the poised, cannon-armed veteran who guided the offense during both of Baylor's Big 12 championship seasons. Nick Florence sometimes is the guy who gets lost in the shuffle, but Nick Florence remains my favorite of the three. Now, I'm not delusional, okay? If you give me the option of having Nick Florence or RG3 play one big-time college football game, I'm taking Robert Griffin for his talent. But there was something about Nick Florence that made him special. Nick had a particular moxie, a grit, a toughness that, with all due respect, I didn't see from Griff or Petty. I'm serious. Go back and watch the tape from 2012. Nick would take shot after shot after shot, and he would jump right back into the scrum the next play. I would have a heart attack all those times Griff laid down on the ground for five extra seconds after a big hit, just to be dramatic. And when Petty was pressured, he'd do that, he'd do that thing where he started shuffling his feet awkwardly, and I didn't know if he was going to have a panic attack, trip over the 10-yard line, or get rid of the ball. And you all know what I'm talking about. If you watched Baylor football during that time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Griffin and Petty were phenomenal college quarterbacks and certainly more athletic, athletically gifted than Nick Florence. And those two guys are without a doubt the two most accomplished quarterbacks in Baylor's history. And I remember them fondly, but Nick, Nick Florence, never looked bothered by an interception. He never stayed on the ground after a big hit. He never dropped his head as he took the field after the worst defense in Baylor history continued to give up touchdown after touchdown. Nick Florence was far more mature, battle-ready, and gutsy out there than Griffin and Petty were at times. Yes, he only won eight games. Yes, he had a horrific performance against TCU, but he was one-for-one one in bowl games. 
He's the one who beat the number one team in the nation. And you may not remember this, but when the regular season ended, one player had more total yards than Johnny Manziel, the Heisman Trophy winner. Nick Florence did. And again, it wasn't raw talent or athletic ability that made Nick special. It was moxie. It was poise. It was toughness and determination. It was hustle. It was leadership. It was his intangibles. All this brings me back to the main point on today's podcast. Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer will be a better college quarterback than Zach Smith or a new Solomon. And that isn't because he's as athletically gifted as those guys. It's because he's special. He has the immeasurables. To come in as a true freshman, undersized, with no expectations, and compete for the starting job as long as he did, that's a testament to what he is. Charlie has Nick Florence-esque moxie to him. He has swagger. He's a leader. He has an ability to rally guys in the huddle and spark the offense to success each and every drive. I mentioned how Rangers like Greer and Murph were above average baseball players and Charlie Brewer is anything but slightly above average. I think Charlie Brewer is a really good football player. I like his mobility. He's deceptively quick. And I already think he's the most accurate quarterback on the squad, especially on short and intermediate routes. I know he gives 100% every snap, and I know it was only the spring game, but Charlie looked more comfortable and confident than Smith or Solomon. He has incredible poise. I think Charlie is one of those glue guys. He's the guy at work who has the most output, even though there's someone more talented. Charlie Brewer will be a fan favorite. He's Nick Florence, but faster and more accurate. I really think he's going to be special. And that's not to discredit Zach Smith or Anu Solomon or the 2017 season. I'm rooting for Zach Smith and Anu Solomon. I'm rooting for our team, regardless of who the starting quarterback is. I hope Anu Solomon and Zach Smith get shots to play in the NFL. But Charlie Brewer is going to be a superstar. He has charisma. He's gritty. His ceiling as a college quarterback is so freaking high. I can't wait to see him excel for the Bears in the future. And I'm telling you, he's going to go off in a couple of years. And you will have heard it here first. Charlie Brewer is the guy. All right, we're back on the Please Bear With Me podcast. I am super stoked to be in the 1660 ESPN Central Texas studios with Steven Simcox and your boy Q. What's up, Q? How you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, I'm glad to be a part of this, man. I'm excited about this. And uh, yeah, we're in the studio, so it's kind of getting you out of out of uh, your normal territory, and it kind of gets us doing something new, too. So it's really fun. Heck yeah, this is great. Thanks for coming on. Um, hey, so first of all, I just don't know much about you, man, and I think a lot of the Baylor guys that are going to be listening to what we're putting out don't know a lot, so will you just give me your story, tell me uh, where you came from, I know California, big big part of who you are, and yeah, how you got here. No doubt, I'm a, I'm a California guy, and uh, I've always done music radio, I've uh, been doing music radio since 1999, and so uh, radio's just been in, in my blood, and and um, in 2010, I had, I had a buddy reach out to me and ask me to do some music radio in, in Texas, so I'm thinking... Yeah, cool. I'm going to go to Dallas. I'm going to go to Austin. I'm going to go to San Antonio. <laughs> cool. And he's like, well, it's not really. Surprise. It's Waco. And I was like, wait, hold on. And, and look, I, look, no disrespect to anybody, but in California, if you say Waco, the only thing we know is that there were some things burned down. <laughs> well, little did I know that didn't even happen in Waco until I got here. But So I, I was really skeptical where I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm, I'll just go ahead and stay in Cali. And then uh, I had another buddy that said, no, it's a college city. And uh, you'll enjoy it, and because they knew me, and they knew that I like to 
uh, have a good time. And so they said, yeah, you should go and check it out. And so I finally did a little research and realized Baylor was here. And then I kind of did a little bit more research. And uh, I was like, oh, all right, maybe I'll give it a shot. And worst come to worst, I might not like it. And I'll just go back to California. That's the worst thing that could happen, right? Well, music radio didn't really work out that well, but somehow I uh, convinced David Smoke to allow me to do some sports on his uh, on his station that he was he was putting together, uh, ESPN Central Texas. And I mean, four years, five years later, I'm still here. So they that's can't great. Get rid of me. Yeah. yeah. When did that start? When did you first jump in here? 2012. With these guys? Okay. So I did music for two years, and and uh, I honestly was almost on my way out. Like, nah, this isn't gonna work. Wow. But uh, since I saw ESPN, and that's always been a love of mine, I thought. Why not give it a shot? Good, good. Um, well, there I am. That's great, man. So you mentioned uh, you knew you saw oh Baylor's here. What did you know about Baylor before before coming to Waco? Brittany Griner punched somebody. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. That's that's what, in California. If you ask the average California cat that follows sports, was like, oh man, that girl's really tall and she punched somebody, and that was it. Hey, that was it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, well, that was it. Everything else I'm learning is all new. You, I mean, you, you know? knew that. You knew that more than Robert Griffin. Oh yeah, yeah. Because when I got here, Robert Griffin was injured. So in 2010, he was. I think he was coming back from an ACL injury or whatever. So I didn't really. Oh, know that's that. right. I'm thinking 2012. You got here in 2010. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, in California, all I know was was Brittany Griner, and that's because that made National Sports Center. Right. You know. What yeah. I mean? So that was really <laughs> it, man. It wasn't. I don't. I didn't know that. I didn't know Mike Singletary was a Baylor guy, or I didn't. I did know he was a Baylor guy, but I didn't quite know where Baylor was. And then I put two and two together. So it's one of those things, you know. It's like you just don't know because it's it's not really on your radar i love it um well we're glad you're here tell me uh before we dive into more baylor stuff you're you're the co-host of black hole banter yeah black hole big banter Oakland raiders fan oh tell, yeah tell me what y'all are doing with that how'd you get involved with that um really on twitter man i just I, I like to engage with anyone i mean if you ever hit me up on twitter i'll hit you back i don't care if you disagree with anything i say everything i say that's fine i have no problem with that i enjoy conversation with anyone so uh this guy uh reached out and was like hey man uh, i see you're a big raider fan and I see you do a uh, sports radio, you know, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And that's uh, my guy, James. And I was like, yeah, uh, let's do it, man. I, I would love to do it because I felt at the time, and I'm sure Baylor fans probably feel the same way. I always felt there was never enough Raider coverage. You know, even when the Raiders were good, I always thought like it was the last subject on ESPN. It'd be the last little thing. And I'd always get angry. So that'd be one of my biggest beefs. So then I was like, well, if I can actually help be a part of that why not so heck yeah you know we started doing we started dibbling and dabbling and kind of you know feeling our way out and it was a learning experience and everything but uh he was always an editor of a, a raider website and so uh he's doing really good with that and uh our our website uh blackholebanter.com it actually ended up morphing into he left his his other job which was cover 32 covering the raiders and now it's all like he does a blog on our, our website uh, it just got picked up by someone else. I mean, like, it's taken off. It's like That's wildfire. Great. So uh, it's just a blessing, man. I mean, you know, I'm not making money, but honestly, it's I'm not in it for the money. I'm just no, in I it for you. the love. So let's just do it. Well, you're, you're talking to a guy that literally we recorded our first episode last week, and I said, I just wanted to banner about Baylor sports. Right. Uh, and I had somebody ask me the other week. They said, there's three other dudes that are starting Baylor podcast this year. I'm like, great. Right. <laughs> I don't care. Like, exactly. let's go. I just want to talk about Baylor. Exactly. The more the more content, the better. As exactly. Far as I'm That's Heck what it's yeah. all about. I'm with you. Uh, did you play sports growing up? I did. I played a, a lot of sports, and it's funny because I'm a big football fan. Like, I love football, but that wasn't the sport I was really good at. I was really, really good at basketball. That was that was my go to sport. Baseball was fun, and I was really good at it. But um, I just got bored standing in the outfield all the time because. 
well, I mean, you know, growing up, everyone wasn't just drilling the ball to the outfield, you know. So I was kind of bored out there, so I'd kind of goof off a little bit. And uh, I always thought I was Ricky Henderson, too. So a lot of <laughs> so my, my coaches and my other teammates would get mad. I'd hit the ball out, outfield and I'd stop it first just so I could steal bases. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But basketball was my go-to. I tore a couple of ACLs, and so I, I just realized that I guess I'm not going to be a professional basketball player, so let me uh, just go ahead and do something else. Exactly. So, I mean, that's what it is, but sports has always been in my blood. I mean, my mom, my dad, I mean, everyone, they're just sports, sports, sports. It's all it's, all it's about. Yes, sir. Biggest cultural, there's a lot. Give me your two or three biggest cultural differences between California and living in Texas. Oh, man, you said there's a lot. Yeah, you ain't lying. Man, <laughs> you ain't lying. I'll tell you right now, the biggest thing is the the pace of everything everything is slowed down in texas and that's not a disrespect it's just oh, yeah i'm just used to go 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 you know it's like boom what time is it boom let's go oh there's 45 minutes traffic to get to work oh there's i mean you know what i mean and that right. was that's a short trip so i'm spoiled now and i mean i've always thought about if i ever had an opportunity to get back to the west coast what would i do and you know how cool would that be to you know get back and do something i'd love to do but I just think about like going to work in the morning. It literally takes me five minutes to get to work. Right. Literally takes me five. I mean, I, I drive an SUV and I think it takes like two weeks for me to, you know, empty my gas tank. Right. In Cali, it would take me like three days. You know what I mean? So uh, there's, there's so many things that are different, but they're really cool. I mean, everything in Cali is super expensive and gas is like four something a gallon. (laughs) Rent is ridiculous. I mean, oh my goodness, I can just go on and on. So, I mean, I'm very spoiled here in Texas, so I don't know if I'd ever even be able to thrive outside of Texas now that I'm, I've been spoiled and not to mention, you know, the food's amazing and you know, it is. Amen. Hey, we're okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I got another question concerning California versus Texas. High school football. Right. I know. And I, I've spent two days in my life in California. There's a Culture lot more. Shock. There's a lot more to come, I hope. But, uh, you know, California is kind of listed in that you got like four or five states with good high school football. Right. But how does it really compare coming no, over here to it's Texas? It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. I had no idea. I mean, I talk about I love sports and I am just getting really like into what the fever of mm-hmm. high school football is in the state of texas i mean honestly i had no idea uh, that something could be so big because in cali it's like de la salle is really good there's another school you know there's a couple schools here that are really really good and then there's everybody else right you know what i mean like nobody ever cared about our high school football teams like i i, I don't remember i mean we used to go to the high school games to pick up on girls and fight I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what we did we didn't right, care yeah. because we knew our team wasn't good we saw those guys every day in the hallway they're not whatever right you know but it's like it's it's a religion, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's insane here and it's and it's in a good way. It, it's it's awesome. So uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you think, Man, I, I never I never knew this could be so big and so the more I get involved in it, the more I do work and I've been doing sideline reporting now for a couple uh seasons for Belton football and, Okay. and it's just like I'm getting so into it that it's it's just insane. You know what I mean? And so, honestly, when they say that te- there's nothing better than Texas high school football, they're not lying. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> they're take not it. lying. I'll take your word for it. That makes yeah. me happy to hear. Mm-hmm. When you grow up in Texas, that's what you assume. Right. But exactly. I have no way of comparing yeah. until I ever live somewhere else long term. So, Okay, so back to Baylor, Baylor football now. How have you gotten to spend a lot of time at practice or around the around the guys this fall? Or well, uh, we've dipped in and, and out. Uh, you know, like the uh, media availability is not a whole lot. You okay, know, they'll open it up about fifteen minutes here, fifteen minutes there. You know, they'll meet. Uh, they'll have coaches. Matt Rule, different assistant coaches will be available. Different 
players will be available. And so I've seen them. I've been around them a little bit, you know, right. not, not a whole lot, um, you know, but I feel like they're they're headed in the right direction. I really do. Uh, so how many games are they going to win this year? I've like I've said a, I've put a number out there that a lot of Baylor fans are not happy with, but I honestly believe they'll win about six games. I think six is reasonable. I don't think, you know, they could go and win nine, ten games, and, and right. it, it could be awesome. It could be a great season. But I just don't think that the expectations should be that high when you think about everything that's gone on and all the changes that they've gone through. And, and you know, they have a new defensive system, defensive coordinator who himself has said it's going to be hard to figure out, you know, uh, this scheme. There's going to be a lot of work take, you know, to go into this, and it's not going to be easy, and these guys are really going to have to be up for the challenge. There's a lot of new bodies there. I mean, it's just getting everybody on the same page. And, oh, by the way, you have an opponent. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not <laughs> well. Okay, so let's so let's talk about that. So I I said uh, in the last episode I think six is a gimme because okay. I feel because like, I feel like your three non conference I don't think Duke's going to be any problem, right? Yeah, don't and forget then, about UTSA. I, don't, I don't forget about UTSA. Well, <laughs> I think it's a gimme, but maybe maybe I'm selling them short. Maybe, but and then I think Kansas, Iowa State, and Tech I still think are are gimmies. And I know Tech's tough because it's in Arlington, but yeah, I think and they could score. They lost Mahomes, who was the only thing keeping them alive last year, right? So, right. And I and I feel like you can I feel like you can upset a Texas or a West Virginia at home. So I said seven. Okay, that's um, and that's fair. I, I don't yeah. I don't think that I don't think that's a wrong answer. And and I I don't think six is a gimme. I think six will be a, a good season just because I mean new head coach, new everything, sure. you know. And and plus they have a new. Well, actually, I can't say it's new because we don't know what the offense is going to look like yet. Right. We don't. We're all talking about what it's going to look like, and it's going to be different. And can it thrive in the Big Twelve? We don't actually know exactly what they're going to do until they do it. So uh, the first game against Liberty will tell us a little bit. But uh, you know, UTSA, Duke. I think those will be two games that will be very well worth watching and, and kind of getting a good idea of what you have. And you know, obviously injuries as well. So it's like so many things play into a really good season. The really, really, really good teams. Are pretty much injury free, right? You know, so that's something that you got to no, think good about point. too, that's especially on the offensive line this year, right? Exactly. Who would you start at quarterback? Uh, I would go with the new Solomon, and okay. I would only go with him because I feel like he has he's a little bit more mobility. So I think you give him a few more options. But Zach Smith did a heck of a job when he uh, was pressed into into action last season. I think the dude could be really good, uh, and I think he's going to be really good. I just think that a new Solomon uh, decided to make his move to Baylor. In his basically final year, for a reason, not to stand on the right. sideline. No, and I agree with you. I completely agree with you. <laughs> you know, yes. So, uh, so you're you're more of an NFL guy than a college football guy. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. So Matt Matt Rule seems very, very, very focused on NFL development as opposed to Bryles, who I think got some guys to the NFL, but was more I want you to be good for this offense for this team in college. That's what I'm concerned about. So my question is, if Matt Rule and, and his staff are so very focused on NFL development. How much do you think that helps Baylor and their football team as opposed to like Bryle style, which was, I hope you get to the NFL, but we're going to fit you into this scheme? In the long term, I think it helps Baylor a lot because I think play, 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 players are going to want to come to Baylor. Right. They, they want to go to the NFL. Sure. That's the dream. And they see the guys that they've had uh, that have been real good players at Baylor go go on to the NFL and maybe not have as much success as you thought they would have. Right. And so it's like, whoa, wait, what's going on there? And and look, Browse was not wrong. His job is not to, you know, develop. It's not. It's not an NFL minor league. You know, it's right, not. It's yeah. not his job to to make NFL players. It's his job to win games. But at the same time, if I'm a if I'm a college kid that wants to get to the pros, and I think I'm a stud defensive back, 
I want to know how to be a stud defensive back so right. I can make it to the pros. Right. And so you look at Matt Rule's staff, they have so many years of NFL coaching experience. That goes a long way. I mean, mm. look, he told me, hey, Q, look, I can get you to the NFL tomorrow if you, you come out here and work for me. <laughs> Done. Yeah, right? Line me up. Cake. Give me some pads. What do you want me to do? I, I mean, that would just, to me, but that's just me. I mean, everyone doesn't have the same goals in life. But if I'm a, if I'm a young stud, I would think that, that's my goal. I want to get to the NFL. So if this guy can help me get there, and oh, by the way, we're going to win some games. We're going to have fun doing it. And he's going to teach me. And so this is something I learned at the draft um, when I was there. And I talked to Hassan Reddick, who's probably the best story yeah. ever. You know, being a walk-on guy, being a walk-on running back turned linebacker. You know, uh, he he was a walk-on for three years at Temple. I mean, right. he only got a scholarship his last year. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. But He's told me specifically what Matt Rule will do was is prepare these players mentally as well as physically for the mm. NFL. And if you look across the league right now, you can look at the NFL and you can see the players. Ezekiel Elliott is a guy who's probably Perfect not example. NFL ready right. in his mind. His body? Absolutely. Right. He's a, yeah. he's a thoroughbred, but his mind's not NFL ready. Right. And Hassan Reddick said that Matt Rule will prepare these guys mentally and physically for the NFL. Mm. And I think that, that goes a long way. That's a that's a great point. I haven't even thought about that. A um, couple guys on Baylor's current roster who you think could really make a splash in the league, if any. But um, who, who are one or two that you think are absolutely? I NFL, think Mo Porter's going to be the dude. I think. Oh Mo, yeah, I think Mo Porter. That'd be is great news for us this season. To be the guy, and he is fired up every time I've seen him, and I've ran into him a, a, around town a few times. Every time I've seen him, he has been fired up for this season. Loves what's going on. Uh, loves Matt Rule and and, and the coaching staff. And uh, Matt Rule's pointed him out a lot of times, too. Hey, he's going to be the leader. Uh, he's going to be a guy that you really need to watch. Uh, this is going to be his year. I think he's going to go out there and really have a heck of a year. And uh, he, he can he can really make a splash in the league, I think. Good. I, I hope he does. And um, we need a couple of those guys to step up mm-hmm. uh, and stay healthy, like you said. Might be the most important part of a good season. Is RG3's career over? Um. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh, do you think it's because more because of injury problems or just the dude couldn't? Figure out how to play it. No, I think it was injuries. Okay. I think it was basically injuries. Uh, he he did really well his uh, his rookie year in Washington. Obviously, I think it was tragic that Washington decided to change him to be something else the right. next year. Sure. Hey, you won Rookie of the Year. Let's change the offense. Wait, hold on. Who does that? Right. You know, don't take me out of what I'm doing really well and decide you want to make me do something different and think that. Well, why is he not succeeding? Well, dummy, you took me out of my <laughs> my comfort zone. Now I understand you gotta you gotta you know morphing and get better, but. He was in a toxic situation in uh, in, in D.C. Uh, Mike Shanahan's always been a, a head coach that um, is, is wants to be more of the story than you. He wants to. It's it's Mike Shanahan hmm. and the Redskins. It's not right. the Redskins. He wants to be the face. Exactly. Yeah. And RG3 had that relationship with Dan Snyder. And, well, we all know how that gets, man. That, that can get a little crazy. In Cleveland, I thought he had an opportunity because Hugh Jackson could probably set him up to, to be successful. But injuries at this point in his career are just kind of plaguing him and um, hopefully he invested really well. Uh, he could always be a spokesman for Baylor. Uh, he's, he's got a real good story, obviously. Good dude. Uh, I hope the best for him. I just don't see where he really bounces back. I mean, he had right. a, he had a workout with San Diego, and that went really well. Reportedly, it went. And really they still well. didn't call him. Right, exactly. Right. And it's not even San Diego anymore. It's the L.A. Chargers. It's still, I don't know when I'm going to ever. Figure I ain't out. used to that either. Yeah, I'm not used to it either. But uh, yeah, it went really well, and then they didn't call him back, and they went and signed somebody else. So I mean, that that kind of tells you all you need. Sure. To know. Um. <laughs> Hey, you're 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 a Raiders guy. You cover the Raiders. You're a fan of the Raiders. So I gotta ask, 
Seth Russell just not good enough? Because I see because I see Jeff Driscoll right. playing NFL preseason games. Right. I, I see Josh Dobbs sucking Ooh. it up yep. for Pittsburgh. How did Seth Russell not stick somewhere? I just think that he's not healthy yet. I don't yeah. think he's 100% healthy. Um, and then, you know, he's coming from the system. He's coming from the, the Bryle system. He's right. From, you know, and, right. and look, I mean, look at Bryce Petty. Right. Bryce Petty doesn't look like he's long for the Jets. RG3, we just talked about, doesn't look like he's long for the league. I mean, there just doesn't seem like there's right. a lot of success at that position. And that's something that, again, Matt Rule, I think, is going to be able to do moving forward, set these guys up. Um you know, it's, it's just unfortunate. And I think that Seth, he's had some workouts. I know he worked out with the Saints. He worked out with the Cowboys. And he just hasn't got a call back yet. Right. You know, maybe maybe some time will go by and he'll get 100% healthy. At his pro day, he was only like 70%, 60%. He was slinging it. And he was slinging it. Yeah. You know, I was impressed with what he was able to do. It showed that he had that, that willpower to go out there and just do it anyway, even though he wasn't healthy. But he was, he was getting it. But just, I mean, these guys in the NFL, man, you're – you're either on or you're not. You know right. what I mean? So it's it's, so, it's really hard. Do you think he stretches it out and plays some Canada or some arena or keeps working out? Or I don't know. I, I think Seth can do whatever he wants to do. That dude is one thing I know about him. He's got a, a sharp head on his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, Good guy, really, too. Yeah, I really respect him a lot, man. I, I, I like him a lot. He has a um, he just has that, that will about him. He's kind of just that guy where he's just – he's really cool. You root for him. Um, he's level-headed. He's, he's not – you know, he's not better than you or whatever. Right. He's, just, he's just kind of that guy. So I think Seth could probably do anything he wants to do. Good deal. How impressed have you been with Rico Gathers going from rebound machine to touchdown machine in less than two years? I've been very impressed. Uh, I think Rico is another one of those guys, and I hate to say it, and someone actually broke it down to me the other day that that uh, we use the term freak athlete all the time. And, I mean, no one's really a freak athlete. They're all freak athletes. I mean, you know right. what I mean? Like they – they're all there's a reason why they're all in the league they're all they're all on a whole nother level and, and uh you know good for him uh we've had conversations before i think that the best decision for him was to go to the nfl even though it for was sure. a tough question oh, yeah. you know i think he's thriving there where he probably wouldn't be thriving in the nba i mean that's just my opinion but uh he he's got the willpower man and he he's he's going out there and learning and and when i was at minicamp and actually had a chance to talk to him he said hey you know, I, I need to – I'm trying to provide for my family. I'm trying to, you know, be a really good tight end. I'm learning this game, uh, you know, and, and it's tough. It's difficult. Yeah. It's not easy, but he keeps on working and keeps working. And, and I mean, man, you can see see it. The dude's got it. You yeah, know, for sure. It's just going to take a little bit more time. And the beauty of it and the genius of the Cowboys is they have a Hall of Famer there. <laughs> Right. So it's not like they're right. desperate for a tight end. He's right learning now. from a top five all time guy. Exactly. Yeah. So and they're not trying to run Jason Witten out anytime soon. No it's, way. It's not like it's a right. quarterback situation where they're like, we need you to be successful now. No, they can use him in small packages here and there and develop and develop right. and develop. I knew, and this is the this is the tale that you have to know that the Cowboys really were serious about Rico is they gave him a four hundred thousand dollar contract. Right. As a practice, practice squad, squad player. Mm-hmm. If he had actually been on the 53-man roster last season, he would have made less money right? based off where he was drafted than he did on the practice squad. So that lets you know that they wanted him long-term. Right. I actually told somebody that last season when they said, oh, Rico's gone next year. I said, they're paying no him too much paying to let him go. Much money, oh, yeah. yeah. So side note, growing up in Waco like I did, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Okay. If you grew up in California, is it a is it this hatred or is it indifference toward the Dallas Cowboys? How, no, no, how does that no. go? No, honestly, in California, it's you're a Raider fan, you're a Cowboy fan, you're a Charger fan, you're a Niner fan, 
and that's about it. I okay, mean, honestly, okay. In L.A., the Cowboys. I I would tell you the Cowboys are more popular in L.A. than the Chargers or the or the Rams. Heck yeah! I mean, just I'll honestly, that. no doubt about it. There's a reason why they do uh, training camp in Oxnard, California. Right. There is a huge it's a fan, fan base. base. Oh yeah. Hmm. California loves. Uh, they love the Cowboys. I there's, never would have known that. Oh yeah. Is it no then is it is it, it the glitz and the glam and the Jerry Jones and the what is it? Well, that, I mean, to be honest, it's a lot of Latin families. It's okay. Because yeah. because California is very. Uh, Latin friendly. I mean, it's. I mean, every radio station I ever worked at, like our target target audience was eighteen to thirty four Latin females. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's in California. That's what it is. It's like it's almost like little Mexico. And, and it's funny because people look at me like, "What do you mean?" And like, are you trying to be funny? And I'm like, "No, seriously. Like that's right. Just, it's just what it is. It's just if you look at the population, you know, there's a lot of uh, Latinos in, in in uh you know in California, and so their fathers. Are cowboy fans, right? Yeah, you know, and right. so the daughters grow up to be cowboy fans, and you know, and it's it's crazy, man. There's there's so many cowboy fans, and it's really based off the the Latin culture in, in California. It's, it's really crazy. So, do you think Cowboys make the NFC Championship? Because that would be further than they've been in a long time. Right. And what are their odds? You think really to go to the Super Bowl this season? Let's I, let's, let's assume they stay healthy. Staying healthy, I, I don't see why they they shouldn't be playing in Minnesota. You know, right. at, the, at the end of the season. I mean, oh, really, I'm with you. I mean, you look at the NFC, and and the only other team that I think is really going to be a player in the NFC is going to be the Seahawks. I think that they're going to be really, really good this year. Uh, their O line is a little banged up, but Russell Wilson looks as good as ever, and his defense is looking great as ever. So I'm really thinking that the Cowboys have a good shot. I was actually pegging them to go to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, uh, I really felt like they had a good shot at that. But I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta crawl before you can walk. I right. guess. But they're they're good. I mean, they they got it together. I don't think Dak's going to take a step back. Who knows what's going to happen with the Zeke Elliott situation? If I'm the Cowboys and he really does get six games, I let him sit the first six games because you're only missing one division game. Well, yeah. and they it. it's it's so much about that line and McFadden and Morris and all those guys. They can all carry the rock. Yeah, they can, but they're not Zeke. Well, of course not. But you know, what I mean, I, I sure. don't. I don't mind them filling in for him for a while. Well, that's that's all I'm saying is those six games. You're not right. you're not going to. Screw yourself over out of the Super Bowl. No, no. And again, if you only miss one division game in six games, that's not bad. You're set. Yeah, yeah. You're only missing the very first game. Well, and it's the Giants. and Odell might not be playing in that game either, which exactly. would really, <laughs> I yeah. think, tilt tilt the odds in the Cowboys' favor. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back to Baylor football. A couple more questions. You mentioned Mo Porter. Uh, who's a couple other dudes you're expecting? Big seasons from maybe some breakout guys that um, people don't know yet. I don't know if it's going to be a breakout because I think people are expecting a lot from him, but I think Taylor Young's going to be a leader of the defense. I'm with you. I really think Taylor Young's going to be a leader of the defense. And I wasn't sure. I, I, I liked him before, but uh, when we saw him at Big 12 Media Days and I actually had about four or five minutes to sit there and talk to him, and uh, you know, he said that he was putting in so much work to learn that defense because, again, Phil Snow said it's going to be tough to learn it. So I asked, well, how far along are you guys? And he said, look, it's up to the individual. Right. Uh, you can't just show up and, and go to practice and think that you're going to pick it up. It's all about what you put in. And he's all, I learned that because I thought it was the other way around. Now mm. I know better. And so that kind of caught my attention. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. You, you're you already, okay, you're, you're picking that up. So that, that showed, one, that showed leadership. And two, it showed that he really wants it. You know, he, he gets it. He understands what his role is going to be. I think he's going to be a monster on the defense this year. I think they're really going to find a way for him just to go ahead and and just thrive and, and be a dominator. Uh, the one thing that concerns me, and when you look at some of the players, uh, you know, you're asking who's going to be a breakout player. Uh, Matt Rule said just yesterday that 
they got like seven scholarship guys in the secondary that that are banged up right now. Right, that's pretty worrisome. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean that that kind of threw up a flag. Like, oh no, you know, not the secondary because secondary is going to have to have to do some things. So I mean, really, again, I only really have two two guys on that Baylor team that I really look at that I think are going to be standouts this season, and, and it's Mo Porter and Taylor Young. I just really think those two guys. Uh, Baylor's probably going to go as they go. Okay, and I mentioned I'll give you two more names. I want to know what you think of these guys. Okay. I think. First of all, I think Terrence Williams, I know he's hurt. Mm-hmm. I know he's missing a couple games. Yeah. I think he's the most NFL-ready powerhouse guy yeah. we've we've had at Baylor that I can remember. I didn't. I don't remember watching Abercrombie play. I, right. I think yeah, he played before either. I was even born. Right. Uh, but you know, you get you. We've had Ganaway and Seastrunk and Glasgow Martin and Shocklin and all those guys. I thought were either too small, too slow. Yeah, um, not, NFL not guys. quick at right. Williams. To me is is huge. Yeah, he kind of fits a Derrick Henry yeah. mold, taller, bigger, but he's quick mm-hmm. for how big. It, uh, what do you what do you, do you think? I said you know everyone's hyping up Jamichael Hasty. I think when Williams comes back, I think he's the the best dude on the on that offense. Yeah, he's the guy. He's definitely the guy. I'm just concerned with when's he going to get back. You know, what I mean, right? It, that's that's the biggest thing. But he's the he's the NFL body. He he's definitely the NFL body. He he could be the one, and he'll be the one running back. And I said it the other day, and it's funny because someone called in and was like, "Well, Walter Abercrombie, like you mentioned, I was right. like, I didn't see him play. I know right. he was really good, but I didn't see him. That lets you know how long it's been if it's you know someone yeah, that we haven't all, seen. Yeah, all due respect, but right. yeah, no disrespect to him at all. But I mean, I didn't get to see him play. When so. I was I was a huge Ganaway fan. Right. I don't know if yeah, how much was, you watched him play, but I, I remember him. Yeah. yeah uh, and he didn't stick. No, no, you know? he, he played. He had a little, little bit of a run there in the league for a quick second. But I mean, you know, it, traditionally, uh, at least as of late, the running back position hasn't been anything in the league, uh, right? You know, from Baylor. Right. But I think Williams could be that guy. I mean, Good. I do. He awesome. just needs to be healthy. So hopefully, the only thing that that really stinks is that Oklahoma is the first Big Twelve game out of the, out of the <laughs> right off the bat, and he's going to miss that game. You think he's? Go- I thought they said two or three. You think he's going to miss four? Um, I think he's going to miss. Yeah, because I I heard Matt Rule say that he thinks he probably won't get back now until at least Kansas State. Okay, so I think yeah, I think he missed. I missed Oklahoma. that. Yeah, well, that was the, that was the latest. But yeah, I mean, you never well, know. I don't know. Sure, sure. So um, okay, here's the other guy, and and we might disagree on this guy, and you might have another guy to throw at me. I think Blake Lynch is a freak. Mm-hmm. I think Blake Lynch has been bottled up. Yeah, I think he goes off this season, and I know it's a crowded. They got a lot of guys they want to get out there, Nicholson and Mims, and but I think, I think Blake Lynch athletically is beyond all those guys. I do too. I think okay. he, I think he could be a monster. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to be. You know, it, it, that's the thing. That's what is the biggest question for me when you look at Baylor. I don't know who's going to do what this year. You know, right. it's, I mean, because it's still such a mystery until we start seeing a couple games under their belts, and then you're like, okay. That's how he's. That's what his role is going to be. That, yeah, that's, sure. That's the thing. I, I want to see what the plans are, where the role is. You know, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to be their their go to guy? Until I know that, like I felt real confident when uh, Antoine was Antoine uh, uh, Goodley when Goodley yeah, left, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Corey Coleman was the man, right? Because I was like, okay, you knew. I know Corey Coleman is going to be the man. But right now, if I look at Baylor, I'm like, I don't really know who's going to be the man at what position. I think Terrence Williams, like I said, in the running back position would be a monster, but he's not healthy. Right. So we can't see him even get out there. So that that's just – I just want to see a little bit of action and then say, okay, I get it. I know what the plan is with you. Hmm. You know, And right now, I don't know, the, I don't yeah. know who those, those guys are. I know that they have a ton of great athletes. Don't get me wrong. Right. Baylor has – 
a roster full of speed, and they have a, a roster full of just athletic dudes. And and uh, that's something that Matt Rule has said. He's like, man, I've never had this much speed ever. So they got it. It's just how are they going to use it? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question. Right. And and you know, and how are you going to stop other teams in the Big Twelve from using what they got? Right. For sure. So that's it. For sure. Okay, I got two more questions for you. First, right. you're from the West Coast. And we heard earlier this week, uh, it was said, you can kind of expect Baylor's offense to be a Stanford-Oregon blend. How does that work? Did, mm. Have you watched those teams a lot? Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, Stanford Stanford is, I mean, they're ground and pound. Right, well, and that's, I know. think that's why I'm so curious is because Oregon, right. before Bryles got to Baylor, was known as the, the big spread. Right. You know, and um, I've heard that, too. I've heard Matt Rule say that, you know, and, and I, I believe a couple other players on the, on the team have said that, you know, it's going to be a blend of the ground and pound right. be able to slow it down the you know the long drives and they're going to be able to speed it up spread it out you know so but how fee- how feasible is that to you i and don't it, know yeah I, that's i haven't seen it right but these guys all have a ton of confidence in it hmm. they all have a, a, a ton of confidence and that's like the other day for example uh we had a media session with the tight ends and uh jordan Furbacher was talking he's been around yeah, you know what I mean. Good this, player. This is his senior year. Mm-hmm. He's been around. He knows. So I asked him straight up, "Hey man, you're. I don't see you in practice. You guys don't. You know, don't open it up for all of us. So we don't see all of that. But can this offense, what they're attempting to do, can it work in the Big Twelve? Because you've seen the Big Twelve. And he said he believed it did. Okay. He said he believed it was going to work. So I think he has a better idea than I do. But. It's just still, it's a spot in my mind where I'm thinking, I just don't know exactly how it's going to work. Right. But, I mean, look, Kansas State has success. Right. Kansas State don't spread it out and do all that. I mean, Kansas State is one of the most boring offenses ever, but they have success. I mean, right. they're, they're favored to do some good things this season. So, uh, you know, if, if it's a blend of that and, and then at the same time you have the ability to speed it up if you need to, but you can slow it down when you're you have a big lead, that's the thing with the old regime that I felt was the biggest problem is they'd be up by a lot. But they didn't know how to slow it down. Oh, yeah. They didn't know how to cruise control. They knew how to go really, really fast. But when it's like, hey, right. man, all right, slow it down now and, and uh, take six minutes off the clock, they're like, uh, oh, yeah. what do I do? No, John, John Morris <laughs> and I talked last week about the inability to finish games, right. uh, having nightmares about the Cotton Bowl. So, right. So, yeah. I mean, so. that's a game that should have never been that close. It should have never, no. never been a loss. Nothing. Right. But they didn't have that ability. So if Matt Rule and company have the ability to – to speed it up and drive in the fast lane, then all of a sudden say, you know what, it's a Sunday afternoon, I'm going to pull over and just kind of cruise, put the top down, and still be successful, and that's a win. Mm-hmm. That's a win. That's what you want. You want to be able to to just dog out the clock by by running the ball and, and having a five, six, seven, eight-minute drive if you can. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but that's the goal. And so I, I'm excited to see it. I haven't, honestly, and a lot of Baylor fans will get upset at hearing this, but I've not been so excited for a Baylor football season Probably ever. Really? As I am this year. Not yeah. even like post-Big 12 championship nope. when you're going for the second one? Nope. Wow. I just kind of knew what they were going to be, and I was right. like, yeah, that's cool. I don't think that they're going to put them in the playoffs because I don't think the playoffs committee wants Baylor in there. That was just my personal opinion. Um, and it just is what it is. But this year, you know, there's the championship game is back. You know, it's a new regime. Uh, you, you already said it's very NFL uh, heavy as far as Matt Rule goes, and so that makes me excited. and. I just think that they're heading in the right direction. I think these players are going to go out there and really give it all they got because yeah. they're not only playing for Matt Rule and, 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 and Baylor University, but they're playing for those guys in the press box that are called scouts. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They, they, they want to get there. And look, I'm there all the time. I see all the scouts lined up, but they're only looking at one to two players as far as I'm concerned. Right. Every time. 
It might be different now. Okay. It may be different now. And I know Matt Rule has already said he's had a lot of NFL scouts already come to practice and just check out these guys. Yeah. So they're there. So you know they the, the NFL guys respect Rule yep. and, and all those guys. That's the thing. They all respect Matt yeah. Rule. They all respect him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question. If you had to say the biggest thing on the field that Baylor needs to accomplish to be successful, one big task, one big goal, objective, What what is it on the field? I think they need got to get this done. I think they need to win on special teams. Okay, yeah. I honestly think they need to win on special teams. Which was another flaw in the old it, regime. Exactly. Uh, I think that the defense will come along. I think the offense, they'll, they'll get it where they want to get it. But I don't want to see guys fair catching punt returns anymore. I don't. Right. I, I want to see a guy return the ball. Right. I, I think it was criminal that Corey Coleman wasn't back there. Me too. To return punts. Me too. I was screaming about it every game. Yes. Yep. He's a, he's the best weapon you have. Get him out there. And well, and every time he touched it, he took it to the house, even though two or three of them got called back. Right. Which, again, goes back to your point. That's where there you need to no, improve. There was no concentration on that. And honestly, I think that that will play a major role. If you yeah. have if you could try to field goal kicker out there that you have confidence in, and, and you can be very good in, in kickoff coverage, punt right. coverage, and you can do punt return, Heck yeah. It's a win. It's just, I mean, it's the little things. And a lot of times it's not the sexiest plays and we don't always, we don't always like concentrate on them. But if they can thrive in that area as well, I mean, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up to win. So I think special teams is going to be a, a major role. And believe me, uh, I got, I got my dude, uh, Ward on the show who always is talking about special teams and I always laugh at him. But I mean, he's, he, he's dead on. Right. He, he knows what he's talking about. I mean, the, the special teams will be a major role, I think, this year for Baylor. Awesome. Hey, Q, thank you so much. No problem. It's been a blast. Appreciate you coming on. You sure we're done? <laughs> we yeah, can, I, mean, I, can, I can go another hour. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep it listener friendly, man. I appreciate right. you. No, I know. Believe me, I, man, I, I'll start getting on the roll and start talking. So, yeah, you better stop me All now. All right. Any, <laughs> any last thought for, for Baylor fans? Um, Go have a good year. Have a good year in games. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. This is a new regime, a new time. Go support the players and, and enjoy it, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Heck, yeah. Thanks again, man. Appreciate you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Q. I want to give another shout-out to him as well as Steven Simcox who helped produce that segment. We actually got to go and record on the studio equipment at ESPN Central Texas, which was lots of fun. And Q was great as usual. Make sure to check out his Black Hole Banter podcast for all things Raiders football. And please go ahead and give Unnecessary Roughness a listen from 11 to 2 on ESPN Central Texas. I didn't tell Q this. But Unnecessary Roughness with him and Craig Smoke is definitely the best show on that radio station. It, they are fun. They give their honest opinion, truthful opinions, insightful content. Go check it out. If you want to be involved in the show, if you have a strong opinion that goes maybe against what I said about Charlie Brewer or Nick Florence, if you want to talk what's coming up for Baylor this season, if you want to disagree with me about something I said in the last podcast, maybe that Terrence Williams is the most NFL-ready running back we've ever had. You know, if you want to engage, please email me at scottswingler at gmail.com, all caps podcast. Contact me on Twitter at bear underscore podcast. And hey, if you like the show, would you mind going to Facebook and giving our page a like? Search Please Bear With Me Podcast. Give us a like, and if you like what you hear, give us a good review. It would really help us out. Spread the word. I want people to engage in the banter.
I want to once again thank Sean Scooble and Travis Thompson for their help getting this podcast off the ground. A big shout out to my producer, Jeremy Wilson, for all of his help on this episode. I'm Scotty Swingler, and I will talk to you next time on the Please Bear With Me podcast.